factory in my backyard that I did not want to be there. <laughs> I mean, what other reason is there to chop down a tree? Welcome to the pre-show, everybody. I think we're live. Yeah, we're live. Welcome to the pre-show where we talk about what we're going to do in the show. Um, I was just sharing with Taylor. I think it's just going to be a, a Gomer and Taylor hour. Should be mm. fun. Don't say it like that. Mm. Like this show already did not live up to expectations. And now look what we're handing off to our to our people. Sorry, y'all. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. Just That's kidding. fine. That's fine. But yes, I did. I chopped down a tree. I mean, it's it sucks for me personally, but the audience should be okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't chop down all of the tree, which I know is like, wait, what? I mean, usually when you picture a tree, it's a tree. This was more like a tree, you know? You know what I mean? Like I don't. I have the slightest idea <laughs> what you mean by that. Like, uh, like when you imagine a tree coming out of the ground, it's like Choo, a tree came out of the ground. You know, poo. This is more like a tree came out of the ground and then it burned off into like five different branches, just this far from the ground. You know, and it's this big around on all four of those branches, and I got one of them. Okay, so you really more trimmed a tree than chopped it down then. Well, I mean, there's going to be a stump left. I, I've only gotten like one quarter of the tree down is basically what I'm saying. Just a fourth. Okay, so it's an ongoing project. Well, I, if I'd have started earlier today instead of reading comics, even though the comics I read were shit, it was a, a very weird week for comics. But And we'll talk about that later. But I'm going to get the rest of it. And the ironic thing is I want to chop this tree down so I can get a view of the cooler tree behind it. A better view of the cooler tree behind it. I know. Anyway, the struggle is real. And I think I'm going to get a koi pond for the backyard. we got a fire pit back there. Well, that sounds zen as hell. Yeah, I'm building it up back there. I'm having a great time. It's not even spring yet, technically. So. Yeah, it's uh, later this week. But Oh, wait, what day is it? Uh, oh, yeah, it's tomorrow. I think the first day of spring is tomorrow. Oh, is it the first day of spring tomorrow? I did follow the know. It did. Hey, Andy, thanks for coming by. Yes. It, it actually fell on the wrong side of the fence, and I was like, damn, you know, if I'd have had some forethought, I could have made this thing fall where I wouldn't have to throw it over the fence. Um, and don't say it like that. I own that, too. I own that property, too. You know, I'm throwing it on my own shit. Most of my shit is just nasty. Uh, news, uh, Pride Month stuff has released, Marvel and DC. We'll compare and contrast both of them. Uh, new DC exclusive creator, new Spider-Man title announced, which, I mean, shit, come on, man. Uh, Milestone News, which is very, very cool, and Hellfire Gala details. And then we'll talk about a little trailer that came out. But we'll talk about that in the news, because there's comic book stuff. It's more comic book related than Moon Knight, actually. And definitely more than the Obi-Wan uh, trailer. Food news is whack this week. It's gross. Oh. I'll spin it. I'll spin it. Well, uh, yeah, that's it. Anything you want to add? It's going to be a quick one, I think. Um, Comics were kind of shit this week. I did see Batman last week. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about that in segment one then. Because I saw a movie too. Uh, yeah, that's all I got, man. If that's it, let's, let's get into it. We'll start a little early. 30 seconds early. Let's do it. I had an overall great week. Oh, well, that's good to hear. Yeah. This is bad comedy. It's true. It's not even that good. Galvatron. Late great Leonard Nimoy there.
another episode of This Geek in Comics, Outward Geekies comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show. It's a Gomer and Taylor show this week. Hi, hi. Uh, he's going to talk about Batman in a minute. Uh, I finally saw No Way Home. Uh, it's out on the on the disc. Yeah. Um, um, it's and good. Sorry. Yeah, they um, are pushing all of the quote-unquote spoilers in the advertising now. I mean... Anyone who wanted to, who cared about spoilers, saw the movie already. So you know, I guess that's fair game. Yeah, I mean, it, were they even spoilers at that point? I mean, I mean, no. I was talking about it back it's at promo the, at this point. Yeah, like I was talking about it back when the movie came out. That it wasn't much of a logical leap to assume yeah. that Toby and Andrew yeah. were going to be in the movie. Yeah, uh, I mean, the only, I mean, let me start with the good things. All right. <clears throat> I'll go in order from my my favorite top three favorite things. Number three, Willem Dafoe. Are you kidding me? He's a legend. Uh, he's amazing. He's yeah. I mean, he was package. he was scary as oh, it's shit. so bad. Yeah, it's great. Oh yeah, he yeah. Go ahead, Taylor. Go ahead. Well, yeah, just Willem Dafoe was like fucking amazing in this. He was terrifying. He yeah. was like. He was much more physically intimidating here than he was back, you know, 20 years ago when he was yeah, making the director of this is time. a wrestling fan. They really like the body slams. They body slammed off of everything. Oh, yeah. Body slammed. I think even Dr. Strange got a body slam in there at one point. Uh, but my second favorite thing, Andrew Garfield, just a huge crush on this guy. He had the best year last year. I hope it continues. But yeah, he's he's great. He's great. He's my favorite Spider-Man. And I don't care. It's not even because he was Spider-Man. I just think he's a cool it's hard guy. For me to, fun to hang out with. It's hard for me to assess how he is as a Spider-Man since the movies he were in were, you know, real dog shit. But yeah. yeah. But he was really good in this. That is true. Yeah. Uh, and Zendaya just, mm, she's just, she's, she's awesome. She's great. She's great. Now the bad thing, can I say the bad thing about this Spider-Man movie? And it's basically in the context of all of the Spider-Man movies. Tom Holland has never carried a Spider-Man movie. He just hasn't. And maybe he can, but he hasn't really been given the opportunity to. Uh, in the first two, it really wasn't him carrying those movies, you know? Uh, and in this one, it definitely wasn't him. You know, anybody could have been that Spider-Man. It was all about the other two, you know, who did carry their movies. You know what I mean? I mean, say what you want about how terrible those Andrew Garfield ones were. He was great in it. He was awesome. You know, he really played a good quirky Peter Parker, I think, very well. And, I mean, I can't say, say nothing about Toby. I mean, those movies were great. Those movies were awesome. Um, but, and that's not to take away from the movies at all. It just, I kind of feel bad. <laughs> because everyone's trying to give Tom Holland all this credit. And sure, I mean, he's awesome. I'm not, I mean. but he's I would, in these, fact. These make trilogy. the argument. I would, in fact, make the argument that he is the best Peter Parker of the bunch, which you know that's going to be a subject of debate, I'm sure. But I do see what you're saying, and that like the yeah. first two movies, he was Robin, right? He was basically it was a movie about the sidekick character yep. because of the way they were framing it. So I do understand where you're coming from there. Yeah, and even in this, not only I get the well nostalgia. here there was so much going on that yeah, no one I, actor is going to be able to really like well, that's you know the thing. I get the nostalgia a, in the spotlight, you know. For sure, for sure. I get the nostalgia of bringing in those other Peters, right? But to add in the Doctor Strange element, and that feels like it's more of tying this in as as closely as they could to the rest of the MCU because they're building off into, you know, Multiverse of Madness. I get it. I just, gosh. 
is that going to be the MCU moving forward? Everything is going to be, you have to have an element of something else in it. You know what I mean? Are there no one shots anymore? Is that Moon Knight now? Is that our one shot? You know what I mean? In the context of comics, is that our one shot now where? I don't know that I really see that as like a criticism. I see what you're saying. I definitely understand yeah. like that not being my preference, but. And it, it works for him. It's fine if that's the way they want to do it, I think, you know, because like, yeah, yeah in this upcoming Doctor Strange movie, Wanda's in it. Um, exactly. But up, if I can up. say one thing, compare and contrasting, like, and, and this would be a great segue to like the Warner Brothers DC movies. They actually seem to be having the best of both worlds. They can have their Aquaman 2 and their Flash movie be in the same universe that they've already created and are kind of keeping. Maybe depending on what happens to Flashpoint, we're not even really sure if the DCEU is a thing, if it's going to be a new thing, you know. But then they can also have movies like The Batman, which is clearly outside of any established continuity. Oh, yeah. That, that is a thousand percent true. This is definitely I think that's a good idea. Universe. I think that's cool to be able to have these standalone miniseries or out-of-continuity miniseries that are, you know what I mean? Uh, and I wouldn't mind if Marvel did start to kind of like, let's make some movies that aren't MCU. That could maybe work. But DC is definitely doing that. That's true. Yeah. And how was that? You saw the Batman. How was the Batman? I don't have any images for the Batman. I all I have is like this one. Well, that's all I got for the Batman. I did like it. It was a bit on the long side. There was a lot of movie to it. And there is actually something that I think they definitely could have cut out to whittle down that runtime. But I definitely liked a lot of what they were doing here. I liked the way that they kind of presented Batman as this boogeyman, right? As this almost like urban legend, like the opening sequence where like they're showing the bat signal. They show a bunch of people like one dude's like robbing a gas station or like a convenience store. Um, One person is um, spray painting graffiti. And then these other guys are going to go like beat up some guy on the train, but they all see the bat signal. Right. And they're like, Oh shit. And like, they're all like looking off into the shadows because they don't know if he's going to be there or not. I thought it was a really cool way of kind of establishing the effect he has on people, you know, that like, that's cool. He is this, boogeyman this threat in the shadows you know and the way that they handled this fighting style i thought really reinforced that because he is efficient and brutal he is like this overwhelming like not death machine because he doesn't actually kill people but like beat down machine at least i like my batman like michael keaton who murders every damn body don't give a shit (laughs) yeah there's a lot of there's a pretty high body count in most of the batman movies but um but yeah, also uh, the uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler was really good. I really enjoyed like the whole detective angle that they took this in. Yeah. I feel like if you're gonna make, I a heard Batman, that was like a big thing. I heard that was a big thing. Yeah, it was the. This is definitely the most detective Batman has ever been in one of the movies. Cool, um, not fingerprints. No, no, not stuff like that. Like that he, was the only detectiving he did in that whole trilogy, and that did not. That would not work the way they explained it. Nah. That would not actually work. But this was more akin to something like Seven or The Bone Collector or something oh, like that, dope, where it's like dope. a like mental chess match between Batman yeah. and the bad guy. And I like that element. I feel like I, if you're going to make a Batman movie, like Batman is so many things that you got to pick like one or two things that you're going to focus on. Like yeah, and- Ben Affleck Batman was like this bruiser of a like, you know, he's this mountain of muscle, right? And that's the thing the most, they really went with. He felt the most modern day comic book, right? 
And I think that's why the uh, the Batman and Robin movie, the one that gets so much shit, I think that's why it's found this new get this newfound respect because it feels like almost like a a modern take on the Silver Age, which I think we'll talk about. It does not deserve respect, later. but it is a lot of fun. The Batman yeah, and Robin movie. In that way, though, you know, yeah. it's in well, that like campy. It's bad. It's campy. It's I think bad. it's trying to be campy. Then they succeeded because it's bad, but it in an enjoyable bad. way. But, exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah. Bad. Then the Nolan movies, like they focus on Batman being like a ninja. Here, they yeah. really are focusing more on the detective side of yeah. things. I don't like Batman Ninja. I just don't like Batman as a ninja. I don't like my snake eyes as a ninja. Why has everybody got to be a fucking ninja? Just stop being ninja, okay? Just let the ninja be the ninja and just stay away. I will say, now that you brought it up, though, that now that we brought up Nolan, I would say that Batman Begins is still probably my favorite Batman movie, but I did enjoy this. It's in that, like, zone, though, where, like, I'm glad I watched it. Um, I thought it was good, but I'm in no rush to see it again. Yeah. Uh, this is actually just over the weekend. Uh, the amazing Amanda, she just you know flipping through, and she put on that original '89 Batman from Keaton and and Jack Nicholson and Nicholas and whatever. Dude, it still holds up for exactly what it is. I adore that movie so much. I've forgotten how much I love that movie. It's probably been three or four or five years since I've seen it. You know, and and it was great. I think that's still my favorite Batman movie overall, pound for pound, that Keaton one. Anyway, I haven't seen the Batman, so uh, let's get into some news, some comics news. Um, i got to find the stupid thing. A lot of quick hits just because of the, uh, the June solicits coming out, but the biggest takeaway from the June solicits, for me anyway, were both Marvel and DC dropped a bunch of stuff for for pride month right and they do this now it's a traditional sort yeah, of yeah this is something we can expect every year moving forward yeah uh but they're it's kind of maybe two different takes all right uh, first of all let's go over what they're doing marvel young avengers are coming back uh they're going to be a big part of the marvel voices pride we're going to have uh charlie jane anders christopher cantwell andrew wheeler Alyssa long grace freud uh ira Mad- madison the third danny lore uh and a bunch more uh, but really that's it. They're going to have, uh, I mean, we can go over, you know, who's all right in, in this, you know, Iron Man scribe, Christopher Cantwell takes on moon dragon. Um, Andrew Wheeler makes his Marvel debut with her, a Hercules, uh, book drawn by Brittany Williams, Nebula world fantasy and locust award winner, Alyssa Wong, um, is, was joining with Steven Byrne to do that young Avengers story. Grace Freud, who did some uh, comedy writing work with Rick and Morty, is going to do um, D-Man, Marvel Universe's favorite gay ginger. I had um, no idea that D-Man was uh, gay. I, I didn't. I don't even know if I know who D-Man is. D-Man. The last time I saw him, he was in um, that Sam Wilson Captain America book. He's definitely oh, wow. a D-list character. Yeah, that's why he gets his name. Uh, Ira Madison III, who does uh, writes TV and does podcasting, is uh, doing a Marvel debut. They don't even have the any details on that story. And then Danny Lore is going to revisit the legacy of two characters long left in the closet in A Tale of Love and Redemption. Uh, and they're probably going to add a couple of more. And that's going to be 100 plus pages of... of no, no, no. Sorry. That's the Marvel or the DC one. This is comes out June 15th, and it's just a regular double size, you know, 
big monthly book, but then they're going to have a bunch of variants. I got a few of them here. This is going to be the winner, I think, for spec. America Chavez is going to hit all over. Uh, Somnus, if they ever do anything with this character, he's a new mutant. He's actually in one of the team books. Uh, and yeah, he just joined the right Marauders, now. right? Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, he like invades people's dreams. He's like that movie. Yeah, we gotta go deeper. And then Destiny is huge right now, so that's gonna be a hot cover. But and maybe I'm wrong, but here it is. This is DC. D is DC is doing 100 pages of new content. Um, Alyssa Yao, uh, and Batgirl by Jazia Axelrod and Lin Yoshi, Aquaman by Alyssa Wong and Scott Forbes, Green Lantern. It's a Joe Mullen centric story by Timmy Howard. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy by Danny Fernandez and Zoe Thorogood. The Ray, that's a great character. Greg Lockhart and uh, Giulio Maccioni. Superman John Kent by Grayson and Robles. That's going to be good. Uh, and Tim Drake is getting a story by Travis Moore and a lot more to come. Uh, here's the cover there. Uh, and they're doing that, all right? They're doing the same thing with the, the single issue. That's exercise. Probably going to need $10 from D.C., and they're doing a bunch of variant covers. You know, which we have some of them here. Just some really good covers, too. I mean, that one's adorable. Just, yeah, that's really it. cute. I love it. And then and then they're doing a Poison Ivy series. This is some of the covers from that. And this is the, uh, the uh, Dick, I uh, know, the... Uh, Tim Drake. Cooler. Yeah, Drake. Tim Drake one. All right. So this was also, though, part of DC's promotion for their Pride Month stuff. G. Willow Wilson and Marcio Takara... Uh, are doing a Poison Ivy book. Nubia is getting her own book from Stephanie Williams, Aletha Martinez, and Mark Morales. Uh, Carrie Randolph's doing covers for that. Kid Quick is coming back to Earth 11 in a book called Multiversity Teen Justice from uh, Ivan Cohen, Danny Lore, Marco Fioli. Uh, Tim Drake's Journey Continues in DC Pride. Tim Drake's Special which it feels like it's going to be an overpriced one-shot starring uh, Tim Drake. Megan Fitzmartin, uh, Bellin Ortega, and Alberto Jimenez, Albuquerque are doing that. Um, so that's my thing. That's like four extra books that they're announcing, right? Yeah. So one seems to be doing substantially more, but that's just the promotion. If we're actually looking at characters who are LGBTQ+, in the forefront of these books, I think it paints a little bit of a different story. You know, I mean, we're definitely moving in a direction at DC, but I think Marvel just says, no, man, here's, here's your America Chavez book. You know, here it is. Here's your, you know, Iceman on a team and we're not even going to talk yeah, about it. Um, we're just going to do it. And he's in a relationship and he's, you know, doing his thing, destiny and uh, mystique. You know, basically that entire book of revenge where mystique wants revenge. It's a love story. You know, at least you could look at it that way. So I don't know. It's it feels like I'm sort of nit, pit, nit, Nick and Pitts, Pitt and Nicks, you know, uh, but I don't think I'm nitpicking. I think. Well, I feel like that is the ideal way to do it is to not make the book like, you know, here is the Here's book completely about them being gay. Yeah. I mean, the the way, you can kind of draw a parallel with the way it was in television, right? Yeah. Like the show Will and Grace, the show was about that character being gay, effectively. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a good thing to do. You know, that's going to like, you know, move the zeitgeist in the right direction. But you eventually want to get to something like Modern Family, where like you have gay characters, but that's not the whole central thing of the entire series. It just happens to be the way it is. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like that is more ideal. 
Although yeah. I will say that DC does have a big advantage in the sense that their LGBTQ plus characters are characters that the pop that the general uh, public probably knows a lot better. Yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman, Robin, and Harley Quinn are all way more famous than any of these characters that Marvel has. Harley definitely. Yeah. Harley definitely. Harley should is the, the poster girl for that shit right now, especially for DC in all their media. You know what I mean? The next movie, she's definitely doing something with Poison Ivy in the next movie. The animated series, all over it. The covers, you know, her and Poison Ivy are all over that. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, maybe those characters later. I'm not sure if you were there or not. But yeah, just something I pointed out. But awesome. You know, awesome that they're coming out with all this. It's really awesome they're coming out with all these great covers that I can choose from. You know, because those covers always hit big in the aftermarket. So uh, moving on, DC News, seeing uh, Torme uh, is now exclusive with DC. The son of Kal-El artist making some big moves. Uh, really, this is just a congratulations because we love your work. Um, so, yeah, that's big news. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. It is kind of weird that he still has Spawn as his background there, but <laughs> oh well. Well. Uh... But no, I mean, this is this is getting called up to the majors, you know? Yeah, and not that he hadn't been doing it, but no, no. It, but if he's getting over there, and it makes me wonder. And again, I got that brain. I can't help but think a character's making big moves. You know, we already know that he's going to be one of the main guys on this new Justice League after Dark Crisis, during Dark Crisis. However, that's going to pan out. But um, Tom Taylor's definitely going to have a lot going on in terms of that going on in his own book in any you know ancillary books that he oh absolutely yeah uh and if this guy's going along for the ride with him dc got plans you know they're not just gonna hire somebody yeah yeah and say yeah keep doing the work you've been doing no if you're going exclusive you need to start you know doing more work so yeah exclusive contracts means you're probably going to get some tentpole title somewhere yeah yeah so that that'll be fun to look forward to uh, moving on, there is another, yet another Spider-Man title. I don't think we need another one. Uh, we have Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2099. Uh, we have a Miles Morales thing with Moon Girl. That might just be a one-shot. It might be a miniseries, though. Spider-Gwen is fucking everywhere right now. Uh, we have that What If Miles Morales book going on, a Spider-Punk book, a Savage Spider-Man book, and we have the regular uh, Miles Morales book going on. It's like eight Spider-Books. That's not counting Venom which I would say is a spider book. That's not counting Silk, which I would also say is a fucking spider book. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you're being pretty generous, honestly, not adding them to the list, I would say. I mean, with Batman, we do Especially it. with... But... You know, when we're counting Batman books, we we still call Nightwing a Batman book. And it's not I would, a yeah. Batman book. It's not. I mean, it's grown up way past that. But I can still see why we would call it that. You know, Nightwing is inherently a... Uh, a Batman character, but this one is called Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Wow, that looks pretty fucking metal. What the hell is going it's, on here? It's Taboo who is in the uh, in that band. What was that that group called? The Black Eyed Peas, and B Earl, who is a comic book art writer. He's been doing that for a while. Uh, and Juan Ferreira is doing the art. This is a Raza cover. I think that's the Raza cover. Here's a nice variant too. That's pretty interesting. Uh, a revolutionary dark take on Spider-Man begins here. What is reality and what is dream? What is science and what is magic? 
at the intersection of all of this stands the deadly neighborhood Spider-Man. Peter Parker goes to Los Angeles, and what he finds there are definitely not angels. The demons waiting for Peter are going to test him like never before. One demon in particular, a very famous one for Marvel and X fans in particular, might just eat Spider-Man alive. Like, 40 what, pages, like five bucks Whatever. in June. Yeah, it's, that's who it sounds like it would be, but uh if he's deadly towards demons that's different spider-man shouldn't be killing people spider-man should not be killing people remember when spider-man was killing aliens in endgame when he went you know kill mode i was not happy all right i I wasn't i was not either no i was like what is he doing what is he murdering i I rather wish they hadn't done that yeah but um but yeah spider-man no way home where he's saving everybody's life you know and that is like my initial reaction to something like this is I don't think that this is a take that is appropriate for the character. I mean, if it's like an alternate universe thing, fine, whatever. All yeah, bets are I'm off. Okay but, with that too, but, but yeah, like I mean, we'll see. It's okay to try, you know, different stuff with different characters, but there are some characters where it's just, this character should kind of be portrayed in a more wholesome light honestly yeah. you know and we'll see what it is what it is if he's kicking some demons ass i'm cool with that that would be fun yeah but back yeah. to that original image was that like a hulk bear what the fuck was that behind yeah, it was him, wild there? dude it, yeah i don't know what it's like a demon bear of some kind i don't know but i think that's the raza cover i think this one is the Raphael albuquerque cover I should have labeled those, but there's also going to be a Peach Momoko cover, uh, a Bill well, Sikowitz, of course, yeah, a Bill Sikowitz cover, a Hosemarie Casanovas, uh, and Bengal is doing connecting variants for it. Uh, Ibon Coella has a cover too, but I mean, we'll see what it looks like. The dude's fucking amazing, Ibon Coella. Uh, all right, moving on. Milestone: new details from DC and Milestone Media um, on milestones in history. All right, this is like a new one shot that's going to tell a bunch of different stories um, throughout history. It's going to hit Tuesday, June 14th. Russian poet and novelist Alexander Pushkin is written by uh, Alice Randall and art by Don Hudson. All right, Carthagian general and statesman Hannibal Barca. Stephen Barnes and Ron Wilson are doing that story. Prince. Musical icon Prince is getting a story in this. Dude, that's worth it alone. All right, I don't even know who those first two motherfuckers are. I'll I'm not honest. sure what you mean. Are they like writing characters where like these milestone characters meet those characters? Like what do they mean by all that? Dude, I'm or are they just not... doing like an anthology of like historical tales here? More than just an anthology. But that's what this is. It's an anthology. Yes, of stories. Sort of spins, I guess, spins on the Dakota, the Three Musketeers. Uh, author Alexandre Dumas is getting a story. Art's going to be by Jamal Eigel for that one. So, Eugene Bullard, uh, Black American female pilot Bessie Coleman, uh, and astronaut Mae Jemison are getting a story. I mean, this is wild, dude. I don't understand how this is going to. How are they going to pull this into it being like part of of the Dakota verse? Yeah, that's the thing I'm confused about here. Like, yeah. it lo- based off of these previews, it does look like it is simply a uh, 
a illustrated biography of these various historical figures. Nah, they're going to do something. They're going to do something crazy. Yeah, I don't understand the milestone connection yet, but hey, I guess I'm intrigued to see what they're doing I hope here. It, I hope there is a milestone collection. Yeah, I know. It looks whack. It looks really cool. Uh, but this is the good, best news out of that. Milestone in history also serves as a springboard into the next phase of this new iteration of the Dakotaverse. The book features an ending that will serve as the catalyst for the first big event in Milestone. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was just a matter of time. It's comics. Of course, there's going to be. Well, I mean, big. they have like three titles currently, and I'm sure they're going to be. I, I think they've four. already. Didn't they have four titles? There's, uh, there's Rocket and Icon, or Icon and Rocket. I forget the order there. Um, yeah. There's uh, Static, of course, and there's Hardware. No, there was, I thought there was a fourth one. If there's a fourth one, I'm not remembering it right now. But I think I remember talking a few weeks ago about plans to introduce more anyway. But yeah, I mean, if you have all these different books going, you know, that's low-hanging fruit, right? Let's have a crossover. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm stoked about that. I'm actually not stoked. I mean, I'm stoked about the event upcoming and I want to know more about it. But I'm intrigued by this history shit, you know, because that can be a lot of fun. You know, mixing history and comics. It can definitely be a lot of fun. All right, it's been a while since we talked about uh, Destiny of X. It is coming. It's on the way. Uh, New Hellfire Gala. This is going to be the cover. It's now a one-shot. It is not a uh, a crossover like it was last time. If they're going to do this on a fairly regular basis, I do think that we can't like gear up for a big, like every X book is going to have a tie in type of thing. Like they did before. I am they already be doing too many events. I am relieved that they are making this just a one shot. I really think that's all you're doing too really many need. events for the X-Men. Okay? Yeah. There's a big six issue miniseries. It feels like every six months, they're going to be part of this Avengers judgment day with the Eternals, which I actually read the heretic this week. It was not bad at all. Um, and RIP Ryan, Ryan Bodenheim, but, uh, it actually did get me a little bit interested. I read a lot of weird books this week. We'll talk about that later. But uh, I read just for the fashion. Oh, yeah. Weird. I was about to say that Like um, I enjoyed the hell out of all the uh, fashion aspects of yeah. the uh, Hellfire Gal last year. And yeah, I love that look for Cap there. This is Avengers 57 uh, by Carmen Carnero. Uh, which one is this? Uh, Captain America Symbol of Truth number two. Uh, That's a good look for Sam. Manhani. It is. That's one of my favorite looks out of all of these. Um, which one is this? Black Panther number seven. Who is it? I should have put these in order. Is uh, Dazzler is... in Black Panther? What is that? That's no, come on, man. Marvel don't work like that no more. Well, so far, the last two mutant... books were, yeah, clo- Gwen... were like we had Cap on Avengers and we have Sam on his own book. So, I mean, I... that works, but. You're setting me up to expect them to do like the proper thing here and just have characters from their own books. Yeah, but... like the Chala should have been on here. Deck yeah, deck why not? You know, something rad. Yeah, he should definitely be invited. I mean, he's like, well, he's I don't have a problem with Dazzler, but I have no idea what the hell she has to do with a Black Panther yeah. book. You know, she looks great though. I mean, she's kind of dressed down for a gala. Actually, yeah, yeah, like characters like Dazzler or Emma Frost, like what can you come up with that's more outrageous than what they just normally wear anyway? Yeah, well, I don't know, man. Emma looking good here. I think she's got a better cover. Well, Emma her. always has like some sort of sure. like high fashion on, you know, or at least frequently does. Uh, Iron I like Man that look for Tony, yeah. Uh, his jacket, I guess, is like made by lasers. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be remarkable at all if not for it being like a hologram jacket there, yeah. yeah. Uh, that is Ibon Coella. Uh, I really like the detail on this cover, like the pixelated background with Iron Man sort of there. 
You, you see that? Yeah, it looks kind of yeah, cool. That's cool. Uh, Immortal X Men number four with the, just the stunning Emma Frost, always just looking great. Uh, what issue is this? Immortal X Men number four. Let me number see four. Yeah. Well, that uh, reminds me. Megan Hedrick. Megan Hedrick. Launching Immortal X Men like next month or in a few weeks, aren't they? Yeah, they need to catch up. They need to catch up. Uh, here is Knights of X number three. Easily my favorite look. Not my favorite cover, but my favorite look for any character on the cover. Just Rogue, just looking. Like, yeah, she looks she's great. She's going to own the party. You know, she's going to own. Yeah, dress to kill. Uh, Knights of X uh, number three. That is Mahmoud Azrar, of course. What a guy. What a fucking a guy. Uh, Marauders number four. Looks all right. Um, is Sink on the Marauders now? But, well, whatever. But I actually like his look here the, better than the one he had yeah, last I year. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that matters. But this is uh, Russell Dodderman. Very cool cover. Uh, Moon Knight. See, this is Moon Knight number 12. Man, if I was Wanda, I would not want to go back to the fucking Hellfire Gala again. She literally got murdered <laughs> yeah, at the last right. one. But is she looking great? Great. Just, yeah, just beautiful. Oh, who, who drew that one? Um, that is also Russell Dodderman. Wolverine number 22. Uh, Russell Dodderman, again, a great little punk look. For Laura, for Wolverine, just very nice done, very nicely done. Um, it's pretty cool. X Force number twenty nine. I don't care for that one, honestly. I mean, it's okay. Uh, and that's Forge, right? Yeah. That's when does Forge. like this Forge like have like a fucking Cthulhu monster that he hangs out with? Now? Uh, What's going on here? Miguel Mercado. Well, if you remember in X Force, he is creating all of that tech, that Krakoan like technology biotech weaponry and shit i, and I guess. guess that's him showing off you know that i didn't mean to sound like i'm disrespecting the artist that it's very well drawn oh, i just yeah. don't like the like alien part I of the love coat, you know? that jacket if you notice the jacket right it sort of crosses over at the top very regal looking but if you follow that yellow line all the way down see how it has the tassels and I know it's very stereotypical. I know it's damn near borderline offensive, but that's supposed to represent his Native American heritage there. And I get it. <laughs> they should do better, but it's cool that they're sort of fitting that that in. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on before I make myself look shittier. Uh, we have Jedi Master Cyclops. Um, He's wearing a kimono, I think, right? Yeah. That is Inhook Lee uh, doing that one. And thank goodness that he is Asian, Inhook Lee, because this is, would definitely be cultural appropriate. Well, that's something I was about to say about uh, Forge there. It depends on whose idea it was to give him the tassels. If yeah, it was like, exactly. if it was a Native American designer, then yeah, you know, that's, yeah, you know, that's their own prerogative. But yeah, it was uh, M M Miguel Mercado. So I don't know what you know, his background is or anything like that. But in either way, I like it. I think it looks good. So yeah. And this Cyclops one, it's okay. Again, I think he looks kind of like a Jedi or a Sith. He looks like a, a to me, he looks like a, an Admiral from one piece because he's wearing. The oh, jacket yeah, right. the there you go. There you go. Uh, and finally, just this classic look to Jean gray. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. X-Men. I liked her look last year a bit better because like of all the, like her incorporating telekinesis into the outfit. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, this is a Jen Bartel cover, and yeah, Jen Bartel is just amazing. So, yeah, looking forward to that. I'm always a fan of these damn Hellfire Galas, these events. But 
Moving on. Man, thanks uh, to this Hellfire thing, we spend way more time than I ever thought we would being fashion critics. Dude, I think that's an awesome aspect of it, dude. You know, yeah, you know, I I have a lot of fun doing it, to be perfectly yeah. honest. And, I mean, if we're talking about art, because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about art. If you look at fashion, that's where it starts. You know, people drawing on a piece well, of paper. Yeah, I mean, that's true enough. Characters wearing stuff, you know. The, and, the costume designs for these characters is a big part of their success in a lot of ways, right? Oh, like, would yeah. Spider-Man be as big as he was if not for that cool costume that he yeah, has? Yeah, his you iconic know? costume. And Storm, all of her looks are just iconic, and that's why. Because of the design yeah. work that, that went into them. But uh, moving on, Miss Marvel... Uh, the first thing I want to say, this show is not for us. All right. We are old people. This is geared more towards young people and that's okay. All right. It MCU is, yeah. has not let us down yet. And I doubt this will. All right. No, I'm sure it'll be fan freaking tastic. And yeah. on, it, the goal is to make this for a, make it more approachable for a younger audience. Oh, I love that. That's a really mm -hmm. cool way to send up the cover there. But um, yeah, that cover has actually uh, peaked. Uh, it hit like I think I have that one. I guess I should check the spec market for it. Yeah, spec is hot right now on that on that uh, on that cover. Uh, but the trailer looked good. It looked like exactly yeah. what you expect from a Disney made Marvel show geared towards younger people. Yeah, I really like the aesthetic they had. I really it dead. It had like a youthful energy to it, which yes. is entirely appropriate for what they're going for here. You yeah. know. But we have to talk about the elephant in the room. Uh. And again, this isn't a beef. I'm first off. Let's say they are changing her power. Apparently, it looks like they are changing uh, Miss Marvel's power to be more energy based, and yeah. I understand why. Her power in the comics is very cool, but it's very complicated. It's got yeah. all of these weird layers to it. And I honestly, it be energy based fits in better with the rest of the Marvels. That's a good. Uh, that is a good point. Yeah, what's like. Her name? That she is going to be appearing in the Marvels coming up alongside uh, Carol Danvers and uh, Monica Rambeau. Yeah. So, yeah, it does make sense for them to more closely align them. Because, quite frankly, um, Kamala's powers, even though she is Miss Marvel, her powers really have nothing to do with Carol Danvers or any of the other Kree, you know? Yeah. I mean, or at least, like, the more than, like, the tangential thing where, like, the Kree created the Inhumans. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. She's more like created by the Kree than actually, I don't know, it'd be part of the Kree. I mean, it's but, all Kree-esque, and I'm sure they could have brought it in there. Uh, so, yeah, organic spider webs are, you know, people beefed about that. They it did. So much more fucking sense than a 15-year-old punk kid in high school able to get the ingredients to make a web thing like that. I mean, you know honestly, I, mean? I think that the reason for that and the reason <laughs> for this are actually similar in that they're yes. trying to go with what's going to work best for the medium. They want it simple. They want to be able to deliver it to audiences. They're sure as fuck not going to bring the Inhumans back into this. And they're not going to use this character to introduce mutants. No. So why not change her, right? And now, in the comics, her powers are fucking whack. They're so wild and crazy they actually are cross-dimensional mass sharing what that means is she is able to share her mass with through time with different versions of herself on a molecular level she time travels whenever yeah. she uses her power at right? a basic level yeah like if she wants to grow like super size that means that somewhere else in her timeline she has to shrink down 
or 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 vice versa or hundreds of different versions of herself you know what i mean because she's not like taking from just one version of herself she's taking because there's no way she could they it would kill that that other version of herself throughout time right and it allows her to grow shrink and biggen parts of herself increase or decrease her mass which I have seen used to very good effect in the comics when she can make herself heavier. That is so fucking cool. Um, but she can also heal, which is a really, really important part because she's almost like OP. Honestly, in the comics, she is almost OP. Yeah. And what I think though, is this bigger concern they were going for though, is the visual one. Yes. I'm assuming that they tried to fiddle around with the special effects available to them. And it looks like money was no object for these shows, you know, consistently. Yeah. And it seems like they're really pouring in the money for the special effects. Yeah. And I'm assuming that even with all that, they couldn't make a way for her to not look cartoonish and ridiculous, just stretching her arms around like we would normally and it's see. it's more than just stretching. It's, gr- it's actually growing. Like everyone was comparing it to Reed Richards and their powers – uh, are visually they look the same but dude they couldn't be different the you main I mean? effect of her powers that she uses most of the time is to stretch and that does make her look like reed richards but sure. reed richards has like the pathetic version of what kamala can do it really is it really is she's like, basically just copying his power because yeah it's the full so extent for her to do yeah the full extent of his power is like the most basic application she has for her power yeah definitely definitely and Again, I'm going to say it. It almost makes her OP. They can't make it so that she had. I mean, it's just incredibly overpowered her comic book power. Yeah. And in comics, there's always a way around that, you know. But if you're going to tell a story, especially a young adult story, it's hard to tell that story and have it be realistic when they can just be like, well, wait, she can do this too, you know? Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I think that I was a little nonplussed by them changing the power but these shows have built up enough benefit of the doubt from me that i think that even if i don't necessarily agree with it i can probably see where this is probably the right call you know yeah for sure this will look better than her having to like stretch around and grow and shrink and all that other stuff and they should say that for reed richards because if they're not going to go 100 into the full breadth of how miss marvel's powers work from the comics then they shouldn't. Then they should fucking change it, because those are the coolest parts. Her being able to heal, her mass displacement, where she can be lighter or heavier. That works. So many cool points. Yeah, and like you were comics. saying yourself, that like if this gives us an easier connective tissue with the uh, Captain Marvel movies, well, that's probably a good call. And if this means we have to spend less time in the show itself explaining how her powers work, which if you were using her real powers, that is a lot you have to explain to your audience. Yes that's probably good from a storytelling perspective because you don't have to devote so much screen time to exposition, you know? Yeah. We can just get Uh, a training montage. Like we already, I think saw some of in the trailer here, but it also looks like it's going to be like a found item. I'm not sure about that. I want to wait to see more of the story. I mean, I would probably prefer for it to be like some inherent quality of hers other than just she, she found like her magic bracelet here. But I don't know. But like you said, we should probably wait and see because, hey, they have not fucked this up yet. I'm sure the show is going to be fantastic. And if the biggest beef is going to be that they quibbled around with her powers a little bit, I'm going to be okay with that, I think. Yeah, that's easy to get over, dude. Yeah. I mean, like like AJ was pointing out earlier, right? We got over the fucking web shooter thing with Spider-Man. We could get over this, too. Dude, right? 
right? And I, that wasn't that wasn't even a problem for me at all. People were so mad. No, I mean it never even occurred things. to me. You know, I mean it did, but it was like, oh, this works so much better than a fucking fourteen year old boy being able to make one of the most well, technological. I, I recognize that it was gadgets. different from the comics, but it never occurred to me that I should be upset about it. Oh, is sure. what I guess I should say. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's do a quick food. Mmm, yummy. God, this is so gross. Uh, I only bring this up because I'm a huge fan of the Reuben sandwich. Arby's is bringing back their Reuben. Do not eat the Arby's Reuben. It's fucking disgusting. All right, it's nasty. It's a double stack Reuben, seven ounces of corned beef topped with Swiss Thousand Island and kraut. Uh, my favorite sandwich is a Reuben. Do not get this Reuben. Do I not. mean, it's generally, disgusting. I would not trust a fast food restaurant of any sort with like a a meat other than like hamburger patties, you know? Yeah. Even then, a lot of times they fuck that. Even up. then, yeah, you can certainly get yeah. better elsewhere. What's your but... favorite sandwich, Taylor? Um Ruben do burgers my... count? No, uh, that's kind of a weak way out, but our hot dogs sandwiches. Okay, in that case, if I'm if we're not doing burgers, then I guess I'll say uh grilled chicken with Swiss. Oh, I thought you were gonna say grilled cheese, and I was like, Oh dude. I do like grilled cheese. That's a but... good sandwich. You know, grilled cheese is a great sandwich. It's so simple and easy, you know. Have you ever made a grilled cheese uh, and not use butter, but use, like, mayonnaise? Oh, no, I hate mayonnaise. Oh, okay. If you were a fan of mayonnaise, that is the way to do it. Well, I'm uh, I'm the wrong audience for that yeah. one, I guess. See, so, yeah, that was our quick uh, nasty food news. An anti-advertisement, as it were. Yes, a PSA. Let's do, uh, let's do comics. God, what a shit week for comics. I mean, it's a lot of mediocrity, I think. A lot, dude. I'll go first. I would I would wager that our list might be the same. I think I have one on there that is like one you're like, no way, there's no way you read that. I did read that. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, Nightwing was awesome. Uh, Eternals, The Heretic, I mentioned that. Uh, actually quite good, man. Ryan, Ryan Bodenheim did this. I'm not even keeping up with the Eternals. I cannot get into this story. But I actually dug this issue. I kind of like what was going on with the uh, Thanos being talked down to by his uncle, his great uncle. It was pretty well, This cool. is weird because I do read Eternals and I did not pick this up. Oh, it was solid, dude. It was. Solid. Maybe I'll have to look for it in the shop yeah. this week. Uh, I'm sure it'll be there. I don't think it would have went quick. But, uh, man, I can't find the, the fucking book for this. What the hell? Did I not... Although there it is. But my number three is Batman Superman, world's finest, number one. Uh, Mark Wade and Dan Mora. This is like an updated Silver Age book, dude. Yeah. Um, I do like it when Mark... This is an honorable mention for me. Um, yeah, and this this is something that Mark Wade does have a particular talent for, where he's basically doing like a curation of yeah. comic book history, you know? Yeah. This, like you said, this did read like a Silver Age story. I mean, look at that. Just the dumbest, <laughs> but it was so cool. It was really fun. Um, it basically, it's just Batman and Superman going on, event going on an adventure, but they sort of come together because they're fighting each other's villains, and it was all, you know, the mastermind put it together, and then it flashes back to... You know, them figuring shit out and Batman gets injected with like red kryptonite dust or some shit. And well, Superman was, does. Oh, yeah. Superman gets injected with red kryptonite and he goes all crazy. And it was just fun as hell, dude. It was like, all oh, right. Every time. Yeah, you turn the I page, mean, 
I mean, it's a common refrain on the show, right? There's nothing wrong with a comic just being fun. And exactly. this comic was a lot of fun. Yep. That's in my note. Just a whole lot of big, stupid, superhero awesome. It was just fun. So, yep, that's my number three. Excellent choice for your honorable mention. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was an honorable mention from me. Um, I'll also do an honorable mention for uh, The Flash. Um, even though this was a tie-in to a book that I am not reading, this yeah, War for Earth 3 thing. It also was the wrap up or at least like the epilogue to the previous fa uh, flash arc. And yeah. I continue to enjoy the family dynamic there. So it's a fun honorable mention. And if I just stop um, you there, they got earth, this war on earth three, they got the thing going in detective comics. They got the Aquaman. They got the uh, Amazon thing going on. Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, they got a lot of damn shit going on at DC. right? Yeah. Now, there's man. a really, a uh, None of them are like really events properly, but it yeah, a lot like of crossovers, a lot yeah, of crossovers. Yeah, there's just a lot uh, of shit. It'd be cool if all of that shit sort of met up. I did read that Wonder Woman 785, which it was fine. It was mostly it was a lot fine. of people like sitting around talking. Although I will say, it was fine. Wonder Woman proposes the obvious solution to the murder mystery going on. And I was like, no, Diana, that's a violation. Fuck you. Just let her use her yeah. fucking perfect yeah. solution in the lasso of truth yeah. and solve this immediately right? like, why do you even have it i mean on the one why hand do you even have it i almost would have been worse if they didn't mention it at all because like then the readers would have been like why are we having a murder mystery <laughs> yeah. she could just instantly solve this yeah. whereas like hey i'll instantly solve this no so at yeah. least now there's like a narrative reason for this to actually it be seemed, going on when it, it doesn't cheap. need to be. I ignored it. I ignored it. It seemed cheap, but yeah, but you know, okay. other other than that, you know, it, it was a, it was a good read. Yeah. Um, my number three was uh, Nightwing number ninety. I okay. miss that Bruno Redondo art. I really That's do. That's why I wouldn't make it. Didn't make my three. Yeah, but um, it was still highlighting the other major strength of this series, which is Tom Taylor doing the character writing. Yeah. The dynamic he has with Wally West was the central feature of this particular issue. And very it well was, yeah, it was very well done. I really liked uh, Dick interacting with the whole West family, not just Wally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They sent a drone to his damn building. That was insane. Yeah. They fucking blew up the whole shirt. damn apartment building. You see him building. wearing a DC comic shirt? Yeah. It's like, wait. Do you remember a few issues back where, like, wasn't he wearing, like, the <laughs> Batman slapping Robin shirt or something yes, like that? Yeah. He was wearing that from from way back this is a great emotional moment you know just the, the way tom taylor can make you remember their relationship in just a cool page you know uh that was very well done and this is this might be the moment of the year the moment of the year they literally they fridged me <laughs> that she yeah that was says it they fridged me that was a brilliant meta joke i think oh that he was gosh. making there and so i also well like done. you know and it was really well handled, too, because it's in a moment of competence on her part, right? Yes. Where she's like, I've unlocked the doors. I can leave whenever I want to. But, hey, let's use this to our advantage. You yeah, know, because like, it probably wouldn't be a good idea for me to jump out in the middle of Main Street. And why don't I follow them and see where they're going? Because I'm a, I'm probably the most competent of the Bat family, honestly. She, she's up there. I mean, I she's mean, more competent than Dick, to be sure. I mean, at least in I, terms mean, of I, like I, mean I mean, all around. Like, not yeah. only is she a good... Like, pound for pound, she is fighter. probably, like, the most resourceful and useful member of the Bat family. Yeah, great I mean, crime fighter. Best in the chair. But she can also, like, balance her checkbook, you know, and go grocery shopping. She has the most life skills, to be sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She grew up poor. Her dad was a cop, right? She grew up poor as hell. Uh, 
Awesome. Yeah. Excellent choice. That was your number three. That was my number three. Dude, my number two, I think is good. I don't know if it's on your list, if you got or not, but this book really surprised me. And if it wouldn't have been such a shit week, it may not have made it. Uh, Reckoning more trial of the watcher. Yeah. We had that sweet uh, Javier Rodriguez art. Uh, Dan Slott wrote it. Uh, This was a gem. Uh, I picked this up on a whim. Uh, I'm not really keeping up with this event, but this is a what if the Watcher just did his fucking job and stopped doing everything else. Uh, It's basically what if the Galactus trilogy, uh, what if the Watcher didn't help during the Galactus trilogy? Yeah, that is like the meat of this issue is it's a retelling of that classic story. And it's really, if you don't haven't ever read the original Galactus trilogy, uh, that does help a lot with your appreciation you. of this book. Uh, let me go to the where the hell is my other image? Uh, that was just perfect. I love that. Yeah. I can't find my Trial of the Watcher issue number two, and that's the one I need before I show number seven. Damn it, Trial of the Watcher. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I mean, this was a great send up. Oh God, how bulky he fucking was. Oh, I love it. um, I love it. Yeah. This was a great, like sort of love letter to the silver age. It had a lot of great artwork to it. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, it, it was more than that, dude. I mean, it was that it was definitely an homage, you know, to, to that original trilogy, that book. Um, but it's also very steeped in this entire event. You know how the other watchers are saying, you ought to, you suck. And here's why you suck. And while, yes, it is an homage to that event, who was always the narrator, even in the latest uh, uh, Annie award winning animated show, the narrator of those what ifs was always the watcher. That too is a really good meta narrative, right? Because they bring that up, right? Like, We've seen how you're always looking at other universes to see what if this happened. Well, we think you suck a lot. And here's what, you know. But it also, I mean, I don't want to be that guy. This literally changes the importance of one of the most timeless Marvel stories ever told. Because we were all under the impression that the Watcher helping out during Galactus, that's the reason we won. But it wasn't. We kind of lost. I mean, the FF as individuals didn't get their asses kicked as hard as, you know, motherfucker come out, Reed come out looking like sloth from the fucking Goonies in this thing. Um, But by the end of this, we realize that the Watcher getting involved here sort of cripples the Fantastic Four. And it's an out for them. But if the Watcher wouldn't have been there, if Uatu wouldn't have intervened, the Fantastic Four still would have won, but not only that, they would have used the the spoils, I guess, of beating Galactus, something that he figures out about Galactus, actually helps the world, and within a year, it's like a perfect utopia, and it's it just super well done, dude. I, I mean, bravo, Dan Slott, honestly, because... Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. He could have uh, thrown he this could have been a throwaway dumb stupid issue and he turned it into something that was actually fucking genius, you know? I will say though that it's by great. killing Galactus that probably means that everyone's going to die to the annihilation wave earlier because that was a big part of that book. Uh I mean you're not wrong, but who knows, man? Maybe well, yeah, sure. Nihilus, you know? The only reason Annihilus comes here is because Reed discovers the Negative zone, right? Isn't that still comic canon? 
Yeah, I think that might have been before. I honestly have no idea. Yeah, that might have been before Galactus. Maybe Annihilus looks like, oh shit, this motherfucker be Galactus. I ain't fucking with him. Yeah, I mean, that is a good <laughs> cautionary tale yeah. to anyone who's going to fuck with yeah. Earth. Uh, but uh, yeah, go ahead, dude. I wish I had that image too because it, it shows off this scene in the book, you know? And there's also one like this where Galactus is standing there. I don't know what the hell happened to all the damn pictures I had. I had a bunch of them. Anyway, yeah, go ahead, dude. Go ahead, you're number two. Uh, my number two is just Avengers number 54. Oh, okay. um, this is basically just a wrapping up a lot of brawls. Um, we get more of Doctor Doom being like, you know, uber badass. We get more of Kid Thanos it, being a bitch. Being a bitch. We get uh, Thor and the Phoenix doing their team up against Thor and the Phoenix. I kind of uh, like that. Yeah, it was cool. I, I kind of liked how uh, Echo sort of, you know, convinced Thor to, hey, stop being a little bitch. Your mom was the was the Phoenix. Come on, get over it. Yeah, you, you know? need to get over your little crisis of identity that you're having now because we got shit to do. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was kind of a transition issue. It's them moving from like the fights that they've been having for the last few issues and like setting up the fights they're going to be having in the issues to come. But the judgment, the judgment. Stuff. Yeah, we're going to have all that Eternals uh, X-Men crossover stuff in the meantime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is just consistently a fun book. I enjoyed sure. the hell out of it. I um, don't think it was the best issue they've done, but like you said, it is kind of a light week. So um, just yeah, dumb fun gets it into my top two today. Are they going to, are they going to put Deathlock in there? Is he going to be the new Celestial? Is he going to be a Celestial? Apparently, yeah. He is the That's ghost looked in the machine like. now. He's like in the Celestial's head somewhere. Yeah. Man, you. I really wish you'd have read that Heretic because that was basically uh, Thanos's Uranus or Uranus. I don't even remember the dude's fucking name. This dude. Um, his whole thing was he had like these these rules. He also had three rules. Like uh um like Krakoa has, and one of his kill all deviants, any deviant, any deviation is a deviant. So he's gonna end up being the one who wants to murder the mutants, you know, because they're considered deviants. So all of these things, in my opinion, of I haven't I mean X-Men, what did the last issue X-Men kind of lean into Judgment Day coming because this Eternals book did, and I know this Avengers book really feels like it's going in that direction for the judgment day stuff. Is it called judgment day or judgment? judgment I think day? just judgment, but I'm I not can't sure. fucking remember. I am so disinterested in this event, but I mean, I think it's cool that they're planting. It's crossing down. over a bunch of books that I'm already reading yeah. anyway. So I'll read yeah. it for that, you know? Yeah. And that heretic book, it was cool, dude. It, this book was cool, man. I'll have to go back and check that one out. Yeah. I had a good time reading that. Uh, that leads us to number one, X Lives of Wolverine. Of course, it's the same for me. Yeah. Uh, ben Percy, Joshua Cassaro. Uh, again, it's all on nostalgia. My number three, Batman Superman uh, World's Finest. My number two, Reckoning War, uh, Trial of the Watcher. And now this. All three hinged off of nostalgia. But uh, X Lives of Wolverine, the whole series, basically hinged off of nostalgia by sort of giving it a, an update, working within the new status quo. Uh, and it worked really well, and I think it worked well for this character in particular, just because of the way most of his life became revealed to him. Yeah, this is a at story... the same time it became revealed to the reader. 
This whole and setup has been genius from the beginning, you know, because this is a, some this is a story you could only tell with Wolverine, with all the colorful lives he's led, with all the places he's been to. And I really like the way that they like kind of put the narration about that, right? Like if you've lived as long as I have, like there's kind of a desire to go back and like find these old memories, right? To go back and like relive your past experiences. And yeah, it was really cleverly done. We had a lot of really good knockdown, drag out fighting going on, especially that last fight between uh, Omega yeah. and Wolverine there. Well, I like the emotion here in these first few pages. There was a lot yeah. of good emotion between, because these three characters, you know, inherently have a lot to thank each other for, have had a lot of great characterizations over the years and things like that. Um, I'm pretty sure Logan is the only other person to own the school um, besides Charles, you know, at yeah. least in that location. Um, so, yeah, a lot of fun emotion there. And then, yeah, it's just Wolverine being fucking Wolverine, calling in favors to get teleported across the world. Um, and then this just laughing in the face of, you know, this dude trying to murder him with a yeah, sword, sword through the shit. neck. He's just, you know, yeah, laughing it off. Yeah. But um, I think it's also a testament him in half. Just yeah, perfect. I think it's a testament to the writing also where I couldn't help but feel bad for Omega Red in spite of all of his like time travel bullshit, in spite of him being such a huge pain in the dick for all of our good guys here. The way he just gets like thrown aside the second the plan doesn't work and just like left to get killed by Wolverine, you know? Yeah. For, it uh, wasn't even his idea to do all this in the first place. You really could. At least that thread that uh, Percy built throughout uh, X-Force and into this book yeah. with Omega Red, it could be called the tragedy of Omega Red. Nobody trusted him, especially Wolverine. Um, and they sort of push him to yeah, make I mean, it, bad decisions. It Krakoa, became a self-fulfilling prophecy, yeah, you know? Exactly, dude. Krakoa was like, we don't trust him, so we got to keep an eye on him. And then he was used by Mikhail by saying, you know, look, Krakoa doesn't trust you. Why don't you help me keep an eye on Krakoa? And he was just this tool, you know, used um, by these individuals. And I think a lot of times this book has also touched on the way Wolverine has constantly been a tool um, by different organizations and different yeah. things like I that. Yeah, I mean, Omega Red is a great book, foil He's a to tool of Krakoa. Yeah. You know? He's a great foil to Wolverine, especially yeah. – like the way that's been written here. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I love the stinger here tying in with X deaths coming out next week. Yeah, which is really cool. That's my final. This is a great ending to a fantastic Wolverine series that still somehow has one issue to go in it. Um, but again, Ben Percy just gets this character. And between this, uh, you know, 10 issue maxi series, which was two five issue miniseries, um, his Wolverine ongoing and his X Force ongoing, uh, Ben Percy's up there now in terms of some of the best. Um, uh, Wolverine writing. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, looking He's at his really body of work for the last couple of years here, it is some strong, strong stuff. Yeah, you know, I still love the Remender X Force stuff. I still love the Mark Millar um, uh, Wolverine stuff, and not yeah, just Old Man Logan. You know, yeah, Agent the, the Shield. Agent Jason of, Aaron had a good run in there. Yeah, Jason Aaron's run with the School Wolverine and X Men is that the one you're referring? That's to? the one I'm referring. Yeah, to. that's that's really good. That's a different sort of a Wolverine story, though. Well, you know? I guess that that was the line between being a Wolverine book and being a, a X Men book, but yeah, hey. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's really fun that we're you know in real time seeing arguably one of the best Wolverine runs you know between five series now, but uh, well four series now, but. 
uh, yeah, so kind of a weak week, but uh, enough good stuff out of there. You did, man, I can't believe Trial of the Watcher wasn't on your list. I thought for sure. I was like, oh, shit. Taylor going to go head over heels on this. I enjoyed I really it. you would. I did enjoy it, but honestly, I just kind of feel bad for Uwatu, you know? like Oh, I don't. I don't like the direction they took there. It was like, it yeah, Uwatu. It ain't his job. But he has done a lot of good. And honestly, I'm sure Obviously the Fantastic not. Four appreciated it because, like, they Obviously were looking oh, like yeah. shit at the end of this <laughs> issue. Reed, definitely. He don't look like fucking sloth from the Goonies. Uh, anyway, we're done. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We really appreciate it. Uh, check out Comic Book Willies. They're going to be streaming on this Facebook uh, later on. You can go to outrightgeekery.com and find links for all of that shit, including uh, links to the Bullies YouTube and stuff like that um keep coming back uh we got our show tomorrow night where we're going to be talking about all of the new books dropping uh wednesday well tuesday night into wednesday monday tuesday wait it's difficult it's complicated books are coming out we're going to talk about them please come back for that uh i don't know if we're doing a show next week i will let you know way ahead of time taylor um but i may have shit to do on sunday that is going to stop me from doing the show well, so, you gotta take care of what you gotta take care of. Yeah, it sucks, but I gotta do it. I live so far away now; it takes me forever to do anything if I'm gonna, you know, mm. do do it in Nashville. But uh, yeah, we'll definitely let you know, everybody. So thanks a lot for hanging out. But most of all, thanks to this joker for hanging out with this joker. Had fun. We're gonna do it again next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. <laughs>